Good morning, world. Welcome to another episode of Zen Dependently Minded. If you are a new or returning listener, I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you're interested in more combat sports, news, analysis, discussions, and podcasts like this, stay tuned because it's only going to get bigger and better from here. And make sure you share Zen Dependently Minded with all your friends, family. Just be a good person and share Zen Dependently Minded with everybody you know because it's only the best combat sports podcast out there. So there's been a lot of a lot of combat sports news lately. Um, maybe I haven't been paying the best attention, but there's been a lot of awesome stuff and there's a lot to talk about and a lot of things to discuss and analyze and predict. And uh, to my few, to my small audience and listener base out there, Obviously, you guys value my opinion. That's why you're here. So, thank you for being here and thank you for listening. Um, So, one of the big things I wanted to talk about, uh, first and foremost, since we just had a fight night yesterday. um, Yesterday for me, two days ago for for whoever is in the United States. um, Because like I've said before, I'm here in Europe. um, The fight card, the uh, fight card was actually, it played out, it it was important. It was important for... Uh, particularly for the 135 pound, the women's bantamweight division. Um, I think Jermaine Durandamy and Holly Holm, they were kind of written off after they were, well, GDM was beat by Amanda Nunes again, and then Holly Holm was head kick knocked out, right? I think Amanda Nunes did one of Holly Holm's signature moves and finished her, and a lot of people wrote them both off. Um, but they were really talented fighters, and they're not pushovers, and I think, obviously... They showed that in their last fights. Um, you give them anybody elite that isn't champion. Um, they have proven that they can. Well, they've both been champions, but you know what I'm trying to get at. Um, they both can't find a, fight Amanda Nunes, but that's not a that's not kind of a bad thing. Um, not a lot of people can beat Amanda Nunes, uh, man or woman. Um, so I think the bantamweight division. A lot of people, of course, are saying that. Amanda Nunes has cleaned it out, and there's not really much competition for her. Um, a lot of people are sleeping on Megan Anderson. Um, I'm not sleeping on her. I just think Amanda Nunes is going to beat her. Um, I don't think she's going to be a pushover. It's not going to be a walk in the park but because Man- uh, Megan is definitely a tough opponent for Amanda Nunes. But Amanda's going to beat her, and in my opinion, I'll talk more about that later um, as the fight card gets closer, but... Actually, I don't actually know, I don't know when that fight even is. I can't really, has that fight been canceled? Um, I don't see it officially booked anywhere. But anyways, the good thing is for Amanda Nunes, for the UFC, for the women's bantamweight division, and for possible women's bantamweight contenders. So I think that we need another Basically, we need a rematch between Holly Holm and Jermaine Durandamy because uh, both of those fighters, both of those, I mean, Holly Holm definitely deserves a rematch. Uh, GDM has lost to Amanda already twice, so it's kind of um, it's kind of hard to give someone like a trilogy, like a, a third fight when they've lost the first two. Um, the first one wasn't close. Second one with GDM and Amanda Nunez was a little closer, but it just mostly was Amanda Nunez showing that she can out-wrestle um, GDM. So it'd be cool to see those two, um, Holly Holm and GDM, rematch. Um, I, hope they, I hope the UFC can 
make that fight and definitely it will help the women's bantamweight division and possibly help Amanda Nunes in the future. Um, it's coming up this weekend. We have re- we have like a pretty stacked fight card again. We've gotten some good fight cards this year, and this one definitely has some prominent names and some really important fights for some divisions. Um, the ba- the bantamweight main event is between Marlon Marais and Corey Sandhagen. I don't know why I said Corey like that. Um, this is man. It's really hard um, for me, and I know for a lot of UFC fans. Uh, probably even Dana White. It's hard for us to pick what division in the UFC is the most stacked. Um, a lot of people say the lightweight division. A lot of people say bantamweight. Um, it's just a really tough choice. A lot of people say welterweight. Those are like the top three in my opinion. Um, they're interchangeable for second place, but I do think hands down the lightweight division wins wins that battle. Um, and there are a lot of lightweight guys that I think could prosper and still be really good up at 170. Um, being champ, I'm not sure. Kamar Usman is, he's a good fighter. So, but that's topic for another, another discussion. Um, the bantamweight division, man, it's, it's really stacked. Um, even with Henry Cejudo retiring, um, the bantamweight division has so many guys that could be potential champions that could take each other out. Um, Marlon Rice is dangerous for anybody. Um, a lot of people have been downing his cardio and I think, um, it's because it's so big. He's so big. And when you're that ripped and you cut that much weight, it's hard for you to carry that endurance. Um, but he's shown he's shown knockout power. He knocked out Aljamain Sterling. He knocked out Jimmy Rivera. Um, Jose Aldo was, ever t- was able to weather the storm because he's really tough. Um, but, and he was also pouring it on Henry Cejudo. Um, he finished Rafael or Rafael Asuncao. So this is this is a guy that we know can finish people, but his cardio has come into question many times in the past. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna have to see if he's able to cut weight uh, earlier. Um, obviously, the fight is next weekend, so hopefully he's been cutting weight um, and taking care of that issue and addressing the cardio issue. So we'll see. Uh, and then Corey Sanhagen, on the other hand, is another really good fighter, another up and comer. Um, a lot of people. A lot of people sleep on him because he's young, but he is a number four in the Bantamweight division, so he's another guy. He can put the lights out on anybody. Um, he's only lost to Aldermaine Sterling, who is another killer, another really tough, really good, really skillful, smart fighter um, in the Bantamweight division. And then we're also counting out a couple other contenders in the Bantamweight division, and then don't forget Peter Yan, Bantamweight champion, who... I will admit, I will totally admit, um, didn't know too much about him, and having watched his fights, I didn't take into account the fact that he's young and improving, and he he looked leaps and bounds better in between each fights, and then from when he fought Uriah Faber to when he fought Josie Alda for the championship, he just, he made adjustments in that fight that only the highest IQ fighters with great corners and... Only those types of fighters in camps would be able to make that those adjustments. Um, Jose Aldo, Jose Aldo has a tough chin. He's one of the toughest fighters of all time, even at 32. I don't think his prime. I think he might be reaching the end of his prime. I think his prime started a little earlier because he's been fighting for so long. But to be able to weather that storm, um, both of them kind of weathered each other's storms. But Peter Yan was able to 
not put 100% into all of his shots and not try to put Jose Aldo out so early because it's not that easy to put Jose Aldo out. Um, kind of, I think, I, I, I couldn't really understand. I wasn't paying too much attention to the corners there, but Peter Jan, um, because of his camp or not, because of his trainers and his coaches or not, was able to keep up the pressure but not blow himself out and then eventually finish Jose Aldo in the fifth round. Um, if I remember that correctly. So this is a really important, important fight coming up. Um, really, really good fight night. That's not the, this is not the only, um, good fight in this fight card. Let me review that fight card again. Edson Barbosa, one of many people regard him as one of the greatest, if not the greatest kickers of all time. Of course, he lost his featherweight debut, um, against Dan Ige. Um, he's fighting Makwan Amir Khani, which is not, it's another guy who's been fighting for a long time. Uh, uh, he's been in the UFC for five years, but he's not a pushover. So it is, he's got some pretty good competition. Um, both both guys are veterans in the UFC and both guys are dangerous. And I'm not quite too sure if I can make an educated prediction there. But um, both guys have finishes. Both guys can go the rounds. Both guys, both guys can go the distance. So I predict it's going to be fireworks for sure. Um Makwan Amir Khani is a he's an interesting guy because he has wins in every category. He's knocked people out, he's submitted people, he's gone he's gone the distance. So it'll be interesting to see if Edson Barbosa can use his experience um and his his he's got double the amount of years in the UFC. Um he's been in the UFC since two thousand ten. Uh and he has you know, of course, he's got he's got knockouts. He's got decision victories, decision losses. Um, you know, he was always there at the top. Um, I don't want to call him a gatekeeper out of respect, but he's always been there at the top of the lightweight division, but he could never really stay at the top and beat the absolute best. But he's always been a great fighter, so it's going to be a really fun fight. Um, and those are like the most the most prominent prominent guys that I'm are the prominent fights that I'm confident in discussing. Um Ben Rothwell's fighting, so that's going to be cool. It's always exciting to see heavyweights. Um, and then we got middleweight and another featherweight fight on that main card. Going away from the fight cards and the pay-per-views, uh, I will be talking about Justin Gaethje and Khabib as it comes closer. Um, it's getting harder and harder to focus on anything other than that, but there are a couple bits of news that I just wanted to talk about, share with you guys. I'm sure you guys have seen, or maybe you'll be hearing it from me the, for the first time, but I did see... Um, I'm sure most of you guys saw Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor and Dana White, this kind of love and hate triangle that's going on. So obviously Dustin Poirier was going to fight. They were planning, they were in the talks of fighting, um, having about, I think is the co-main event at UFC 250, I want to say at 254. Um, they were going to have, of course, Khabib and Justin as the main event, and then Dustin and Tony as the co-main event. Um, that would have been that that card is already so stacked. Um, it should almost be a crime, honestly, to have um, that stacked of a card and then try to ha add that fight. Um, it probably would have been card of the year, to be honest. Um, but of course, Dustin Poirier said uh, his his management and UFC couldn't come to terms. Um, I think I'm not quite too sure if Dustin Poirier is already kind of alluded to the fact that it was over money, but I'm pretty sure it was over money. Um, 
Uh, it was respectful, though. It wasn't trash talk. You know, he, he wanted to get paid. Tony Ferguson even stuck up for him. He wanted to fight because that's Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson will not turn down a fight. Um, and that might that might cost him uh, the belt in the future because I think Tony Ferguson, for sure, if, if the world didn't end, um, we could have booked, the UFC could have booked, and Dana White's actually alluded to that. Um, he said that he's... He's considering booking Tony Ferguson and Khabib again for the sixth time. I'll get into that a little bit later, but that's just a testament of how tough and how loyal and how much of a just a, a true fighter and martial artist Tony Ferguson is. Um, he stuck up for Dustin Poirier. He told the UFC, he told Dana White, he was like, hey, pay the man, let's fight, let's get this going, let's do this for the fans. And I got a lot of respect and love for that guy, Dustin Poirier as well. Um, and the the little bit of drama that Connor um has to do with and that he's contributing to this love triangle with is the fact that he leaked DMs showing and proving between him and Dana White um that he wanted to fight um and I think people are people are kind of overestimating the fact that he said that he'd fight Diego Sanchez I think what Connor was trying to get at was that he will fight anybody even someone like Diego Sanchez who should not be fighting anymore, in my opinion. Um, I don't know his situation. He probably honestly needs money. He's been fighting for a long time. He's the last guy from the first season of The Ultimate Fighter left. Um, uh, and Dana White, Connor leaked these DMs because he was upset that Dana White was telling the media that Connor doesn't want to fight. Connor doesn't want to fight. Connor's retired, which, granted, Connor did say he's retired. So it's kind of like a little. It's just this weird, like, unnecessary drama that I think could be completely avoided if Connor and Dana would talk um, with each other in person, maybe, or at least on the phone, instead of talking trash to the press and to Twitter. Um, just kind of shows a lack of communication, and we could have some great fights, man. We could have some great future fights. Um, so, that being said, Connor's upset with Dana. He's really pissed. And he wants to spite him. So he decided he's going to call for a charity bout, not in the UFC, um, promoted under Conor McGregor's own promotion, um, all the money going to charity, uh, Dustin Poirier's charity, the Good Fight Foundation. Um, I think this is a really, really nice, really noble thing for Conor to offer. And I genuinely think that he thinks he can pull it off. But contractually and legally I don't think it's even possible um Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier are both still in UFC contracts and literally in the name and I'm sure in the details it says that you cannot fight for another promotion or um yeah a, a UFC fighter cannot fight for Bellator while still being under contract unless they void it same goes for any other promotion in the world so I totally believe that they could just have like a like a, a backyard sparring session or backyard fighting session um, and kind of like stream it and charge people pay-per-view and all the money goes to to Dustin's charity. Um, but if, if Connor really wants to fight, Dana White and the UFC have offered them both fights. Uh, Dustin has said that he's accepted. Dana said that Dustin accepted. And Connor has not accepted it. He's actually hasn't said anything about it, um, which I don't think Connor is the type of fighter 
even with all of his hundreds of millions and his businesses um, and his boxing money, all that stuff. I don't think he's the type of fighter or type of person. He has too big of an ego to turn down a fight. But I do think and I do believe wholeheartedly that Conor McGregor's ego was bruised by Dana White's comments. And I do believe Conor cares more about spiting Dana White than he cares about fighting and then he cares about making money for Dustin's charity. And that's and that's just me trying to understand from Connor's point of view. Um, of course, I'm just some 21-year-old kid making a podcast in a basement. Um, I'm not Proper 12 owning, August McGregor owning, multiple business, multimillionaire um, like Connor. I'm just trying to understand. Um, I just don't think Connor is avoiding Dustin Poirier in a fight because he's still trying to fight him. He just doesn't want the money to go to Dana White. He doesn't want to make Dana White and the UFC money. Um, what I wish he would do, what I wish he would, under, would understand is if it is promoted under the UFC, the fight will p- potentially be bigger than if it's promoted by Connor's uh, like McGregor MMA promotions or whatever. Um, I think Connor should accept the fight. If he cares that much about fighting, he'll it'll be a win-win-win for everybody in the situation. Dustin gets paid. He gets money towards his charity foundation. Dana gets paid. Um, the lightweight division has a little more movement in the top five, the super stacked top five, the best top five in lightweight history and in UFC currently of all divisions. And then um, it will also make Connor money that he can in turn donate to Dustin's charity. So it's a win-win-win for everybody. I just think there needs to be better communication, and uh, let's hope and pray to the MMA gods that we will we'll get this because they've been cruel this year. So maybe we'll get this. Or uh, as a segue, going into the last bit that I'm going to talk about in today's podcast, uh, the fact that Dana White said that he's willing to risk, um, not an exact quote, but he's willing to risk an asteroid hitting the earth or something to book Tony Ferguson and Khabib. So what this is kind of showing to me is that, um, not that the UFC is sleeping on Justin Gaethje, but that for Khabib's final fight, um, if he does beat Gaethje, Gaethje, assuming he beats Gaethje, the UFC is already looking to book another fight because they don't want to keep holding up the lightweight division. Um, because of a bunch of injuries, uh, a bunch of a million different reasons. Khabib has defended the belt twice, but over two years. Um, of course, there's the coronavirus. Um, there's all there's been all kinds of issues. Uh, Connor coming back and being Khabib's first title defense, all that stuff. But also, what this shows is just kind of a what do you call it? Just kind of a loyalty that the UFC has to Tony Ferguson. Because Tony Ferguson has shown so much loyalty to the UFC and to our to his fans, the dude was on a twelve fight winning streak. He hadn't fought, he hadn't lost in twelve fights, and he didn't have to take the fight against Justin Gaethje, but he did because he's a badass and because he would rather fight and put on a show for the fans and just do what he loves as a martial artist and a fighter and an entertainer. He would rather do that than wait around for the coronavirus to get over and wait around for terms to be agreed on and for fight night for the fight to come between Tony Ferguson and Khabib. So 
hopefully the MMA gods stop being cruel this year and they give us, they at least give us one or the other. It would be amazing to get both, but knowing the MMA gods, we probably won't get either of those fights. But fingers crossed. I hope we can get some great fights like we have been, like the UFC has been putting on so far this year. Um, that's a testament to how good of a how good of a president for a company Dana White is. So let's hope everything works out. Let's hope all the fighters stay safe. And I hope all you listeners are staying safe and stay away from all the crazies out there. Thank you for listening.